and welcome to the Friend Zone podcast. I am a friend called Dan. And I am a friend called Ryan. And here we both are yet again, ready to rock and roll. What do we do here at the Friend Zone podcast, Ryan, I ask you? Uh, for some reason, we thought it'd be a good idea to talk about each episode of Friends in order, like it's still relevant 20 years or so after it was actually irrelevant then. Well, it was kind of massively relevant at the time, but it wasn't like in any meaningful way relevant or was it dan that's what we're going to decide well i suppose that's what we'll decide over time full disclosure we're neither of us are feeling very well today are we we are in winter time yes winter has come i think we're taking it a little bit better than Jon snow but wait until season eight i don't know he bounced back pretty oh, oh. well never mind <laughs> never mind god's sake don't give spoilers. I try very hard not to, but um, it's difficult to give a spoiler because the particular thing that happens there is not... Um, yeah, well, the less said about that, the better. I'm having a terrible day because um, I had uh, I bought some Coke to record for this podcast to keep me... Standard. ...energised, yeah, a nice bottle of Coke, and um, it's a cherry oh. Coke. So I've basically bought undrinkable poison are you not a fan of a cherry coke because you like the man is it mango they got now do you like that don't you i quite like the mango. i don't care for the giant peach as you're aware i do not oh. like peach flavored drinks the less said about that the better let's move on let it go i can't let it go james and the giant peach it should be called as i said on the other <sighs> podcast where this came up it should be called peach and the little james you do it in order of importance Everyone, listen to the Britpod scene, episode 8. Me and Dan were the hosts of it, and Dan lost his mind, like he generally does here, but in someone else's house, and showed us up. Yeah, it was doubly embarrassing, wasn't it? And um, it was it was obviously somewhat manufactured, because no one cares that much about James and the Giant Peach, but I don't know where it came from, but it did, it did bubble up out of nowhere. Well, it, it's come from like... Yeah, it's come from last month, mate, when we spoke about it, and now it's still infested inside you. Let it go. Do you know what happened? I started thinking about it after that pod. So basically what happened was, we, like Ryan said, we were, we were guests in another podcast house. We, we hosted the pod, and um, it just, for some reason, I just started getting angry about the film James and the Giant Peach because it's stupid. <laughs> but then I started thinking about, you know what the real story is? You know what the sequel is? What's that? The tree that the peaches grow off oh of. Oh my goodness me. Is, is it not um, like a normal sized peach that like kind of falls and keeps on growing? Inconclusive. I've never seen the film. Well, I just, inconclusive. I just scaled up the tree around the peach, but maybe it is, I don't know. Oh, look at, think of the size of well, it. Well, I am. And that's what's compelling me. But yeah, I think you are right in oh. retrospect. I think it is just a peach that grows up real big from a normal sized tree. Stop throwing so much shade over the podcast. Indeed, what on earth are you doing saying that? Just trying to do some sort of tree reference into moving on. How do you know the expression throwing shade? That's from my world of dragoonery. I beg your pardon, I'm not into that sort of bondage. <laughs> well, it's not far off. Um, well, anyway, here we are at the Friends End Podcast, as Ryan says, to watch every episode of Friends one episode at a time. And we, how far are we so far, Ryan? Well, for us, Dan, we're 39 episodes in, but we are currently on Season 2, Episode 7 of Friends. Yes, we are. What's this one called? The one where Ross finds out. We are indeed at the one where Ross finds out. And what does he find out? That his whole existence up to this point has been a waste? Pretty much. Yeah. He finds that out every day, really, doesn't he? Poor he Ross. He does. He finds out that he's not a thief. 
which happened in the real world. <gasps> that was hilarious, wasn't it? We had so many people sending us links. Yes, I just saw the picture and I went, ah, that guy looks a little bit like... Uh, <laughs> that guy looks a little bit like um, Ross Geller. Well, I, well, I tell you what I actually thought, and this is true. I thought that early season one Ross Geller. Not not David Schwimmer, but Ross Geller. And, um, and then I saw everyone laughing at it on Facebook, but it was just all like crying, laughy face emojis. No one had actually said, oh, yeah, I agree that this guy looks like Ross Geller. So when I saw the video that was David Schwimmer... <laughs> actually recreating it <laughs> i laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed it was a good move from the swim i like swim, but it, it proves he's funny but i have to ask you this what happened there did he did he go to did he turn up at a grocery store with a camera and go hi can i <laughs> film a, can i film like a little segment a little bit a little moment uh in in your is that okay or or did he just do it and the cashier looked over and saw <laughs> well what what's going through the cashiers have we talked about this already no we haven't but i i reckon he just he's got a local supermarket and it's just you know they obviously know him he's friendly so i've got a great idea um that was, that was do you that. think he cleared it with him or do you think he just did it oh yeah i think it was planned beforehand he had to know where the camera was and that he'd be able to get a copy surely just be someone holding a GoPro up at, uh, at like head height, at like a CCTV. Oh, well, that's, that's my illusion gone. Oh, what did you no, think? I, you think he had a, a CCTV a... camera installed in his local grocery store? No, I don't think he had one installed. I think he, there was already one in there. Do you know? You know how when I go abroad, I like to go into supermarkets. Yes, as well as McDonald's. As well as McDonald's. I although that is temporarily suspended because I'm getting very very fat again. Um, oh, hang on. No, you're not. <laughs> well, yes, thank you. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I really, I had a, a I had a, an urge. Uh, I had a, you know, a, a compulsion. Okay, mate. What was that face you just bought? <laughs> I was like. Was that the story you were telling us? No, you had like a little spasm thing where your mouth kind of opened a bit and your eyes oh, um, closed. I've got a cold. So what I was doing there was trying to make my ears pop a little ah, bit. Ah, well. With the whole jaw jaw crackle thing. But obviously for someone just looking at someone doing a weird dinosaur yawn, I can see where the confusion come from. Yeah, good, good. I'm glad you can see why that is perplexing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I basically, listeners, what I just saw was um, Ryan temporarily turned into pac-man and was just all mouth it was just a circle with a third cut out of it or a quarter cut out of it i was um told i was being childish in a supermarket today there we go it fell right out my trolley doesn't work doesn't why? work why does because there is no expression i fell out of my trolley well, no, the joke is, the joke is, well, you're, you're mucking about in a trolley. Of course you were being childish. No, but the implication is that you fell out of the trolley from shock, but people don't fall out of things from shock. That's not a known expression. Oh, I fell right out of my, no, it, it no <laughs> one says Why that. is it not? Why isn't it not from now? I fell right out of my trolley. Well, from now. So then tell the joke in five minutes and it will work. Can't wait. Don't actually do it because I will cut it out. I will cut it out if you 
dare to repeat that awful joke. I've done it, everyone. If you don't hear it, he's cut it out. Editor Dan has <laughs> ruined it for everyone. Well, brilliant. Now I'm going to cut this out. Fantastic. Um, he's cut it out. He's cut it out. He's cut it out. I think we all know someone we cut. wish would cut it out, don't we, listeners? And it isn't me. It isn't me. Oh, listeners, I like that. If I, if I were to really fix it, it would just be, Hello! See you next week. We've been the friends of... That would be it. That would be one episode. Um, <laughs> Ross found out. <laughs> See you later. So, so yeah, I really wanted to go to a foreign supermarket. That is all I have to tell you. Nothing else has happened this week. Oh, the Christmas text went up at work. Whoop, whoop. Oh, no way. That's pretty early, isn't it? It's very early, but I'm happy about it. Was it just one person that thought, it's today we're doing this? Or was it like a collective decision? Collective decision. It was corporate policy. Up they go. Ho, ho, ho. I'm very pleased. I like Christmas every single year. I clog up my Pinterest. This current period of post-Halloween, pre-Christmas, for me is disgusting. I'm just <laughs> currently delivering to estates of mouldy pumpkins <laughs> that people just leave by their front doors. It's disgusting. It is despicable, isn't it? Vile. So this this period of time is not nice for me. And moulded moulded pumpkins are no good whatsoever, are they? They smell particularly. You know how some smells don't just smell bad; they get they get into your psyche. Don't I'm allergic to pumpkins as it is. Are you? Oh yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, there's a sweet. There's a kind of a sweet smell. You know, like how if you can smell um, a a dead thing, like an animal or something like that, and the smell, the smell sort of taps you on the shoulder of your soul and goes into your ear. This is an eerie smell. It's beyond just like gross. It's like creepiness. It actually smells of horror. That's what a pumpkin smells like to me. And I like the way that your inner mind talks to you yeah, when you smell stuff of course it like does. now i can if you see if i smell like a, a bad smell with you i know that in your head you're going to be going daniel this smell is vile yeah and i also get it if i hear an insect near my ear Ooh, careful the buzzing the buzzing ones are upon us quick high footage out of this field i've said it before and i'll say it again i am most <laughs> likely to die i would say from leaping into a road because of a bee isn't it the worst, though, when like a small bug either flies into your nostril or into your ear? If it flies into my nostril, I wouldn't feel it if it was any smaller than a squirrel. But <laughs> if it, because I've got big, wide-open nostrils. Yeah, no, any kind of insect close to your ear is is oh. um, orally troubling. Orally troubling. It easily takes up about a week or two of, of con- digging dig your nose and ear. Thinking oh, still that, that's awful when that happens, isn't it? Oh, it's vile. Hate it. The build-up of nostrils is such that the very inner corner of... So if you if you were to put your finger in... If I were to put my finger in my nostril and then push inward so that I touch the, the, the divider, you know, the, uh, the flap. I think it's called the septum, but it might not be. The thing that divides the two nostrils in half. And then yep. poke my finger, sliding it along that wall so that it goes to the front of my nose, so that the front of my nose bulges out under my... And and then if I push Quite down it. slightly, there is an endless reservoir of little boogers in there that I can always go to. Oh. And it doesn't matter. I could spend all day emptying that. It'll just collect. Does everyone have that? You're the only me? person that owns a nose where I think Disney Pixar could have an animated film based on it where like creatures could live on it and it'd be a little story, a little home for them. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what they call it? What's that? 
Nose and the Little... No, Peter, uh, yeah. Nose and the Giant James. That's what it'll be called. Like There'll be a huge toddler living in my nostrils. <laughs> That's no less stupid than a peach. Yeah, true. No less stupid. Wise words. Oh, oh yeah, I think I double negated myself there, didn't I? Double, I double don't know words, mate. I just every now and again will question what someone says and hope that it makes me sound smart. My, um... I think I used to be intelligent, but I don't think I am anymore. We've said this. You're the smartest idiot we know. I don't. I used to really pride myself on my intelligence, but I can really, I can really feel it. I can feel it being less sharp than it was. How do you? Where do you stand on winning the lottery? Um, I'd stand on the side of I'd like to. You would still like to, despite everything. I'd like to. Yeah, I'd like to be live a comfortable financial life i wouldn't immediately go right boom house in spain house in portugal house in america flash car flash car flash car i'll go okay let's get a nice house in an area we already live in family around let's live comfortably and set the right life standards in our son i think well i think your son will be just fine i think he's he's you know whatever happens he'll be fine and i reckon you could chuck a million at him and he would still be balanced and and um, even-minded. In fact, you do seem like a family who could weather receiving a million quid or two million quid without it going to your brains. Which is why... If we're going to do an experiment, try three million, try four, try five. I'm happy to try the higher, but, you know, more the merrier. Well, it's not, though, is it, would you say? I don't think it is, though, because I think there is a point you can go beyond where it's not good. You, what is the what is the highest salary you could earn without it affecting your life negatively? Do you think? Well, I could take home yearly yeah. and still be like, and still have a normal, enjoyable life. Where where's the sweet spot? So I'm I'm doing my job. I'm getting paid it. Yeah, nothing changes apart from oh no, rent's coming out this month. That worry's gone. Yeah, pretty much. Fifty k. I think that's it's not a lot, is it? I think that's probably right, you know. And do you know what? I think science backs you up there because I always think of fifty k as what a GP earns, which may not be true. Who wants to be a millionaire? We do, apparently. I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be a millionaire, but I would like. Actually, maybe one million. One million. I wouldn't want to earn a million a year, but or a million an episode. Looking at you, um, friends, cast For members. You. But I, I wouldn't mind earning. Uh, what a one-off amount of a million! I think you could do enough with that. You could get all the buy things like boom, get a house, rent's done. Then you're already monthly better off in your wages. Yeah, boom, buy a car. It already better off monthly for paying off a car. It's hard to argue if, with that solid logic. So you wouldn't need that much. All you need is a, a reliable car, a nice house to live in. Boom, you're already better off financially monthly because you haven't got those bills going out. Yeah, that's true. That is very true, mate. So, 10 million. <laughs> 10 million. I um I would love I don't what a cuddle. You want a cuddle? Yeah. I do a bit actually. Can I ask you a personal question? Always. If we were to cuddle right now, would you put your arms around my shoulders? I would do a Pocahontas leap into your into the front of your trousers. Um so that uh so that we ended up 
like a human centipede, um, or as we used to call it, uh, 99ing. The, we, um, we never called it that. No, we didn't. I used to call it when I was a, when I was a kid. I did the maths and just assumed that if sixty nining was, um, you know, Jenny's to face, Jenny's to face, then ninety nining must be Jenny's to Jenny's. Post office queuing. So bumming, yeah. Post office queuing. Yeah. Bumming or um, no bumming, pretty much. Big spooning. <laughs> no. Does bumming. anyone call it ninety nining? No, no one. Um, not unless you're asking for an ice cream. What what would nineteening be? Nineteening would be you being yeah. a stick. Me me me, me having sex with the broom. Okay, so <laughs> right enough of that. Enough so of that. obviously we, Ryan and I are both <laughs> gone. No, Sorry. done. So obviously it's pronounced Dan. So obviously Ryan and I are both very tender today, and. Um, and we're feeling the winterness of it all. Uh, Ryan has done extremely well not to reveal the fact that he is deathly ill. Do you enjoy me telling everyone that? I've only acknowledged it in the last four hours. I've refu- I have I went for a strategy, this, this this illness, of just denying it that's even existing. Like, I'd be lying in bed, tissue up my nose, my eyes streaming, coughing. A wife would walk in and go, you poorly. Like, Who are you talking to? You're talking to me? Yeah. Just like completely, no, it's not happening. I'm not ill. <laughs> but today I got home and I was like, I, I'm no, no longer for this day. Should we talk about that fucking program we've agreed to talk to for the next talk about for the next six years? Should we smash into the Bible time? Oh, crack open your Bible. Ryan is about to attend to his trusty tome, as we call it, the Bible, and we call it this because it is the official guide written by the makers of Friends. Or whoever prepared their Blu-ray um, that gives a little summary. It's like a sort of it, it's the um, it's the Netflix descriptions before there was a Netflix. So it's like the short little episode, like a little story, and it, exactly. it's quite revealing because sometimes what people think the episode is about is totally different to what we think it's about. So let's see what did they have to say today, Ryan. Well, today, Dan, like we said earlier, it's for one where Ross finds out, which is episode 7 of season 2, and the Bible description is as follows. Dramatic developments occur in Ross and Rachel's relationship. Chandler regrets asking Monica to help him lose weight. Yeah, this is this is a prime episode for the whole theory that they're all evil and don't really like each other. Okay. Ch- what Chandler okay. does to Monica is... F- fucked up actually fucked up and it's not even there is at least well this is gaslighting isn't it we talked about it before this is manipulating someone to make them believe that they're insane and every character has done this to another one at some point in friends phoebe's done it to ross yeah um i can probably come up with other examples but that's all i can remember just now it's a mucked up episode, so let, let's get into it. Where do we begin? Let's do this. Well, we begin with Chandler in the Monica's apartment, asking what's wrong with him, Dan. And uh, for reasons, Phoebe decides to make him think he's put on a bit of weight. What? Do, so, so the episode, as we as we go along, there is a running. There is a running count of the amount of weight that he's lost given. So it sort of implies that he has put on weight. 
So it's not Ex- Monica. It's not Phoebe lying because they all react to it, don't they? Yeah, basically they're all like awkward, but no one says no. Don't she didn't mean it like that kind of thing. Yeah, they're all like oh, leave him to it. Yeah. So she. So he. Ha- they're saying that he has put on weight, but we have eyes, and he hasn't. Yeah. Yeah, basically, it's something that they've obviously all spoken about. And they're like, oh, yeah. she's brought it up. Get us out, get us out, get us out. But then she does that thing of like, even after she sees that it bothers him, she still does that thing where she pretends that she can't close her arms around his fat, fat tum. <laughs> it's it's yeah. particularly twisted because, well, not twisted, but it's particularly weird because, but Matthew Perry's weight did fluctuate over the course of Friends, something that he's talked about. So... It must have been, like, quite weird to do a storyline about it before. I mean, when he did actually start losing weight, um, putting it back on and then losing it again, he must have thought of this episode and thought, how weird that I had to pretend to be fat in an episode where my weight actually didn't change at all. Yeah, yeah. He's not noticeably big at all in this, is he? So it's a... And for Phoebe to wind him up about, oh, there must be something wrong with you, and then in the same episode ask what's wrong with her, yeah, exactly. It's very strange. Like why? Yeah, she's also going through issues. Like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Why am I, won't my boyfriend sleep with me? But she's the one to wind Chandler up about something being wrong with him. It's very strange, isn't it? This is back in the days when um, it was still widely believed that men didn't worry about their shape because it was like every television's mad in some ways because what television does is it sets these things up and then releases them into the wild so like you you know how on tv every main character every time you see a couple that is a man and a wife the man is always um hideous and the woman is always petite and detractors so like the the family guy of being a great big bloated idiot and lewis is a fox for no absolutely no reason and marge and then you know um pretty much any live action sitcom you can think of this is the case yeah yeah with your map as you're saying it i was thinking yeah family guy and you and you and you use that reference perfectly dan but yeah i mean like you say loads of shows it's generally big chubby doesn't really look after himself bloke um, and it is like a, a smoking hot yeah. lady. But that's out there in the world. And um, mm. and it, I don't think that that is particularly true. It might have been true at some point, but I don't think it was... I don't think that disparity was that common in England. I don't think you would very often get a couple where, where the woman was l- l- considered to be leagues ahead of the husband. I don't think that happens that often. I think most people are usually quite well balanced in in reality but but nonetheless there was this thing being pushed and i think um i think it contributed to the real world thing of people feeling that men didn't care about their physical appearance which is definitely the case in the 90s even though we were all crystal tipping our hair and doing all weird shit like that do you think you'll ever have you noticed how um the 90s uh leonardo dicaprio curtain hair parting has come back has it yeah, I've seen a lot of men with that hair recently. No way, I've not noticed that. Yeah, it's all over the place. The first time I saw it, it was really noticeable because the guy who had it did look a bit like DiCaprio ah. and was wearing like nineties. What you know, one of those short sleeve shirts that were as long. The sleeves were as long as you know, like those um those jeans shorts that used to go down beyond the knee, three quarter lengths. 
Yeah, exactly. But and then there were those like bowling shirts that Chandler used to wear when he got a little bit bigger, yep. where the sleeves went past the elbow, but it was still a short sleeved. He was wearing like the very. Are you sure you weren't time traveling? <laughs> no, I did see someone like that, and he reminded me of like it was almost like he was going to start singing that song from um, you know the band that do the song from uh, Sonic Escape from the City. What? Escape from the city, I will be do 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 do. Follow me. I'm much more tired than I realised. <laughs> did you sing a song anyway, from Sonic? I did. Yeah. Okay. Just you making it? sure. Um, I want to forget it. <laughs> it's a good job you're a bloody ter- wonderful friend, Ryan. Otherwise, I would have spat coke into my pop shield. Then how dare you! That it really would have been a pop shield then, a fizzy pop shield. <laughs> mm. But yeah, so I saw that time traveling nineties man, and I thought, hmm, everything, all that ever is, all that ever was, is again, and all that is was once before. It all comes back around all the time, doesn't it? It's that's why I still got clothes from when I was sixteen. Oh, that's a good question. What's the oldest um, piece of clothing you have in your wardrobe? Oh, in my wardrobe? Don't own one. Or in regular rotation, that might be more interesting. I've got shin pads I've had since I was 12. I've got... Your shins haven't varied in size since you were 12. Loads of people still like wear piddly little shin pads, but you don't need one to go the length of your shin. Not very comfy. Well, I know what I'm getting you for Christmas this year. <gasps> should have said a Ferrari. <laughs> I should have said my Ferrari was too small. Uh, um, I've got a pair. Of, this is football loaded again. I've got a pair of like undershorts that I've had since I was I think about fourteen. Hang they on, are, they are short shorts. Hang on, hang on. What the fuck are undershorts? Shorts you wear underneath shorts, but on top of boxes. Yeah. So you're telling me, breaking news! Breaking news! There is a new species of shorts that i don't know about well these are more of like a tradition thing you know people have like lucky socks or something yeah. i've always worn these shorts when i play football men's football so i don't think everyone wears undershorts <laughs> might <laughs> might just be me where did they come from shop yeah, but what are they underwear or are they no, just they're, very they're, tight overshorts they, they would have been normal shorts when i was 13 but as i grew they were inexplicably short to wear as normal shorts well he's cracked onto my interrogation listeners i knew there was no fucking imaginary third category of short thank god for that i thought i'd gone my whole life and not realized but i see so they just so but it got to a stage where i thought i've worn these every single time (laughs) and i've not died so maybe I should continue to wear these. Do you know? You do you know. know what that? Um, do you know what that kind of tradition and um, superstition has its roots in? No, it's quite interesting. So, if you do, like you know, I have a few compulsive tendencies um, that just sprung up out of nowhere. Well, what it is is um, it's a callback to the primitive mind about how we used to. Um, live in a much more peril uh orientated world so we were at risk much more so what would happen was are you all right mate yeah yeah i'm good i'm just i just want to check 
resourcing myself for the next okay, go. I'm, I'm I just want to check because I didn't check last time and I felt bad. I thought you might be, um, uh, well, I thought you were fainting the first time. And I still didn't say anything. <laughs> but yes, um, so... Just just making notes of the time so you can cut out the fud. <laughs> uh, so basically, uh, so yeah, so um, essentially what it is, is it's, it's a throwback to the time when we lived in more peril, um, perilous circumstances when there could be vipers under every rock, there could be bears trying to break into the cave that we're in, there might be marauders, there might be other cavemen and things like that. So we had to... Um, we had to check things. We had to make sure that things were secure because doing so might make the difference between life and death. If you forgot to secure the cave, went to sleep and then woke up with a bear chewing on your leg, you you oh. would probably pass on the knowledge that it's a good idea to check. And before you know it, everyone's double, triple, quadruple checking anymore. And every time, this is the most insidious thing about it. Every time you do something like you wear your magic shorts and you don't die it has magic it has worked in your head it has worked because your body will get the your body is not working on the on the assumption that winning is the success your body is still operating on the idea that that continuing to live is the success so if you continue to live it reinforces that behavior and um tell you what there's a picture of me in my my lucky shorts at a football tournament because this was maybe yeah, four yeah. years ago, and I was getting changed, and my mate was like, "You're still wearing those shorts," <laughs> and I had to pull my other, like shorts down, and he got a picture of me in them, looking so proud in my, in my little, <laughs> little boy shorts. So when this goes out, I'll see if I can find it. So we got a little picture yes, in reference to. Th- Do they have Scooby Doo on them or something like that? No, they're normal shorts. They're normal sports shorts, but for like a a teenager. You can't be so much more, because I still, I when I was, um, I think like 15, 16, I had a size 28 inch waist and I had one again at the start of this year. And I remember putting some jeans on that were 28, 28, 28 leg, 28 waist. I put them on and I remember thinking, these are just normal size jeans. jeans. These do not look like little boy jeans to me. You don't have 28 inch legs. Yes. You've got little legs. My waist. Oh my goodness! My, you are a stick my, man. My waist starts two <laughs> inches above my knee. Believable. So if you unround your waist, it would give you your leg length, more or less. Do you know when you put your arms out, your wingspan is the same as your height? One of the characters in my wider life the other day um, commented on my uh, wide wingspan. And I don't have a wide <laughs> wingspan. I definitely don't. In fact, I think my are probably a bit less wide than is normal. It came from me carrying something. And then just the idea that I have really wide arms was so charming and pleasing to us that we just carried on with it, even though it, isn't, it definitely isn't true. I don't have wide arms. What I have is a um, a very low set of legs. <laughs> like the top half of my body is really weirdly <laughs> tall. Well, not tall, but like my waist, as I say, starts quite close to the ground. So you're like one of those flip books, you know, where you can change the chicken's head into a, like an, an ant's body. That's it. A child yeah, has. That's exactly. It. Someone was mucking about with you. And what did you say? A legs. chicken and an ant. That's a bit yeah, of a challenge, where the hell isn't does it? That come they from? have to be broadly. <laughs> it is. <laughs> a chicken and a duck. 
Um, well, we briefly mentioned that Phoebe's got a boyfriend that won't put out initially, so she's questioning that. Did we ever see him in the episode? Nope. A save money on an ex- on a on a cast member then? Exactly. We um, I've got Ross and Julie getting a cat, which Rachel doesn't like. Do they actually get the cat in the end? They don't. Rachel gets drunk on a date, phones Ross, says she's over him. Ross listens to that message just before he leaves to get the cat and does something that actually made me chuckle. What was that? The way he just goes, cat, and then leaves. <laughs> that is very funny. That is very just funny. just made me laugh. It's just like a moment and it's like, oh, I'm quiet. And like, what do we, he's meant to walk out now, but it's, I don't know if he just threw it in there. He just goes, cat. <laughs> and he and does a really out. quick turn, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, like, I, love, I I found that funny. I've said this before and I've said this again. I think this, and I'll say it again rather. Well, I, I've, I've, I've started commenting on this before, but I just, I just want to get this out again. Um, it occurs to me that friends becomes friends really quickly. Like it's literally, it's shit and then it's good. Yeah. Yeah. This, this the last few episodes have turned into the friends I, I remember. Yeah, exactly. And I actually find that that happens with a lot of TV programs. Like there is a dividing line between good Simpsons and bad Simpsons. And then sadly, another dividing line between good Simpsons and bad Simpsons again later where it returns to bad Simpsons. But everyone generally agrees when those episodes are. And it's the same with um, Drag Race. I I would say at the (laughs) Ryan hates me talking about Drag Race. We'll just watch it. It's on Netflix. You'll soon know what it's all about. Yeah. We nearly watched it the other day. I, I don't think it would be your cup of tea. After Jonathan Creek, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> should we just briefly, and well, I say briefly, should we just chop up this episode of Friends and quickly deal with it? Ross and Rachel are finally together. It begins. Those are the people charting. The people charting their relationship, it starts now. Um, what else is there to so, talk about in this episode? Um, Monica's very obsessive, very controlling. You see that with her and Chandler. You do. Although she is literally giving Chandler she's fixing Chandler's life for him at his request and well kind of at his request he solicited he agreed to her office of help so that's sort of even though she even though he didn't solicit it you could still say it's at his request because yeah uh, technically speaking um he didn't request it but it is at his pleasure uh with his you know, with his um, blessing. Um, that's about it, isn't it? Cat is not got. That's about that's it. Cat. Cat. <laughs> like it. One of the best top five moments of Friends so far for that's me. pretty good. I still think one of my favourites is when Rachel goes, um, <laughs> somebody walks in and she goes, oh, Chandler, Monica broke my seashell lamp. Makes me laugh. <laughs> just makes me laugh you even when like it's that. not happening. Makes me laugh just thinking about it. Well, Ryan, it's been a a shorter than usual recap because we have shorter than usual fuses this week, being ill as we are in our own different ways. Um, what can we look forward to next week? Well, next week we find out how Ross and Rachel's relationship blossoms, and it's the one with the list. So we look forward to that. The one with the list. The one with the list. Oh. Amazing. Well, I look forward to that episode. Um, is there anything else we can be rattling on about before we F off into the night? Um, 
and miss the mountain. Do you miss the mountain, mate? I miss the mountain. I got angry the other day again because someone mentioned Wales, and I remembered thinking, yeah, it's really nice. I was like, oh, but it's too big. It's the same <laughs> thing. And it just took me back to just driving through the same landscape for six hours. Yeah, you, you can really tell listening to our podcast about it, <laughs> our mountain special, that we really struggled with Wales. Like just the size of it, the tedious, beautiful countryside that just rolls on and on like a conveyor belt. It was it was a psychological test. It really You needed was. to throw something in the mix. I said it before, I'll say it again. It just needs to stick a supermarket somewhere, just in a valley. It would create jobs, it would create It'll be somewhere, because surely if the people live in these valleys, they've got to travel hours until they get to anything. Because we did. It's ridiculous. Oh, it must be awful. I've, it must be awful. I've often thought about what people who live in the wilds of Cornwall feel like, but I know somebody who does out in the... Well, you, you kind of do, but but like um, I'm thinking of someone who lives in Helston or lived in Helston. Helston's not out of the way. Oh, it is where this person is. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, they're in the middle of nowhere. They're, they're on a moor, more or less. <laughs> no. <laughs> more or like less. It. Got it, got it. A little bit longer than I should have. But, uh, <laughs> there was a slight delay, but don't worry. By the yeah. time I've edited it, it will seem like it's instantaneous. <laughs> um, well, in which case, I look forward to that. Yeah. There's, there's there but are. one thing left to say. Dan, do it. I've been a friend called Dan. And I've been a friend called Ryan. And together we've been the Friend Zone podcast. You've been there for, and we'll see you next week. You've been there for us because we were there for you too. Bye. Bye bye.